Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Therapists in the Wild. So this is our last episode in the Distress Tolerance module, which also means it's the second to last episode of our season. It's so crazy. I know. And what that also means is that it's the second to last time this season that you're going to hear our plug to subscribe, rate, <laughs> and review our podcast and follow us on social media at Therapist in the Wild on Instagram and Facebook and at Therapist Wild on Twitter and email us at therapistinthewild at gmail.com. Hope you can all recite that by now backwards. Um, <laughs> we can. <laughs> So just to kind of orient us, um, today we're going to finish up the distress tolerance skills. Next week, we are going to do kind of a finishing episode of the season where we will reinforce all the skills we've taught in season one by discussing how to put them together in different example scenarios, um, because that's certainly a common challenge in DBT is, you know, you learn all the skills individually and then how do you put them all together? So we're going to go over that. Then we're going to take a season break, as we've said, and we'll come back with season two, which is going to be focused on more special topics in DBT and therapy. Yes, that is the plan. And so as Liza mentioned today, we're finishing up the distress tolerance module, which is broken up into two different parts. So we have the crisis survival skills, and then now we're working on the reality acceptance skills. And those skills include radical acceptance, which we introduced to you last week, turning the mind, willing hands, and half smile, all of which we're going to be covering today. Mm, I love these skills. These are great skills. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're a little different, like all of these are distress tolerance skills, but they're a little different in terms of how you use them and when you use them. So um, you know, crisis survival skills are really meant to help you get through a crisis situation without doing anything that's going to make the situation worse for yourself, right? Kind of when you're at that level 100, like skills breaking point, as we call it. So it's not about making it better necessarily. It's just kind of like, all right, let's weather the storm, get through this moment. Exactly. Yes. Reality acceptance skills and specifically radical acceptance would be really hard to use in that specific moment because yeah. like it takes a little, it takes some cognitive skills to really get into this place of being able to work toward radically accepting something. Right. Yeah. Cause the, as we talked about, when you're at that level 100, you just kind of can't think clearly. And that's why yeah. the tip skills um, and even oftentimes distract and self-soothe, which are the other ones are so kind of focused on your body. Like, all right, it's just too much for me to think right now. So I'm going to calm my body down. Whereas you're right. Any of the reality acceptance skills that we're going to talk about, particularly radical acceptance, like we talked about last week. So, and just to clarify, reality acceptance is sort of the umbrella term for all of these that we're going to be talking about today. Um, yeah, they do require more like thinking and kind of higher, <laughs> higher brain functioning processes that just kind of can't happen when you're super distressed. Yeah. And so what I, what I think we'd probably suggest of like when it's most useful to practice radical acceptance is if you kind of notice yourself getting stuck on a particular situation or 
event or like something in your life that you feel like you're kind of struggling with and struggling to accept it, it might be increasing your vulnerability to emotion mind more generally mm. and just kind of keeping you trapped in a cycle of suffering, rumination, um, right. just like right. that tug of war kind of feeling. Right. Because we know that as we talked about last week, not accepting reality as it is leads to physical discomfort, intense unwanted emotions, ruminating about why, why is it this way? It shouldn't be this way. That shouldn't be happening, mm-hmm. um, which in turn causes more suffering. And then, yeah, as, as you said, it's kind of this cycle that we get ourselves trapped in. Exactly. And I think using the radical acceptance skills can help us replace that suffering with just ordinary, plain old pain that everyone Mm. experiences, you know, the kind of pain that we can't really get rid of, but at least it kind of will shave off that extra layer of suffering that we, that we build by fighting with reality, ignoring reality, pushing it away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So as we go through the steps of how practically to practice radical acceptance, let's just kind of give some examples of, as you said, when it might be helpful to use this skill just to kind of like frame frame this in context. Um, so some examples, I mean, there are infinite ones and it can be kind of helpful to think about like, let's say someone is going through a breakup that they don't wanna be going through. They wish that they were still, you know, together with the person who they broke up with. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, if you're dealing with a family member who has like a medical or psychological, you know, condition that you're struggling to accept. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a really tough one. Um, could be like a boss who you feel disrespects you and makes decisions that you disagree with and that you have a hard time accepting as the reality of the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it could even be something related to yourself, like radical acceptance. I've applied radical acceptance to like things that I've been maybe ashamed or embarrassed that I've done in the past, Mm -hmm. or like we talked about last week, people have regrets, you know, Um, applying radical acceptance to yourself can, can also help with that like self-compassion piece. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Even, you know, we, we were just talking about this before we started recording, like we were remembering this article that we read in some magazine about these young women um, who got together every week and almost had like a party slash ritual where they radically accepted the fact that they would die one day. It was called these like death salons or something like that. (laughs) I'm probably misquoting. I remember you sent me this article because it's such a prime example of radical acceptance in that, you know, accepting the fact, accepting our own deaths is quite an, can be quite an intense um, experience and very, very difficult to do. And what these women sought to do was sort of remove that, remove the suffering from that. And instead say like, all right, this is the reality. How do we celebrate our lives and make the most meaning out of our lives, you know, while we're here. And they just kind of talked about it very openly, like de-stigmatized the whole conversation. Really, really fascinating. Yeah. I had never heard of anything like that. It's, it's just something accepting our own death is not something that's like, 
you know, dinner party conversation. <laughs> not <laughs> right, not exactly. Um, but I think that when we can get to that place of rad- radically accepting that fact can really help you build a life worth living right. um, by, by acknowledging, okay, my time here is, is limited. So how do I want to spend this time? Whereas I think when we like, don't look at those types of things in the face and a lot of things in our lives that, that are difficult or painful to accept, it can make it so that our, in, our actions aren't quite as intentional around that. Hmm. Yeah, that's such a good way to phrase it. So let's go through the steps of how to practice radical acceptance. And again, think about, you know, anything that you're having difficulty accepting, a friend who stopped reaching out to you, a family member that you're having a difficult time with and wish would act differently, you know, really at any of the examples we just gave. So let's, let's start with the steps of kind of how this looks practically. Yeah. Well, as always, the first step is to notice, always comes back to mindfulness um, every time. So observing that you are in this struggle with reality, that you're fighting reality and that that, and that that fact is really keeping you stuck in this cycle of suffering. Yeah. So you could look out for thoughts like this shouldn't be happening or why me or why is this happening? I can't believe, you know, this, this isn't happening, right? This isn't yeah. real. Um, or even yeah. like, even just like the feeling of like willfulness or anger, like a feeling of kind of stubbornness, like some, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes those thoughts are really obvious of like, oh, this shouldn't be happening. Why me? But I think sometimes maybe it's harder to identify those thoughts. And then you can just notice like, am I getting, am I consistently feeling angry about this one thing in my life? Um, Yeah, that's so true. Like the constant venting, like, you know, mm -hmm. if after a meeting, you just kind of start sending all these text messages to your friends about like, oh, this just happened. Can you believe it? I mean, it's that, that could be kind of a good example of not, (laughs) could be a good indication that maybe you're not accepting reality. Yeah. Totally. What does it look like for you when you are fighting reality, when you can observe that you're doing that? Yeah, I think, I think even what I was talking about with the, like, after a situation happens, you know, that I wish were a different way or that I, you know, it's like very displeasing to me, kind of that like venting, whether it's to a friend or a family member Um, and it's like, I, I expect that the venting will help. And sometimes it does in the moment, like there's usually that temporary relief and sometimes that's all I need, but then it feels like there's just this ongoing rumination. Like as I vent more and more about it, I'm actually just continuing to get more and more upset about it. And like, there can be physical discomfort that comes along with that, um, just sort of intense rumination. And I just feel stuck. Like, what am I supposed to do about this? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then sometimes when you vent, like people will be like, yeah, like why, like if people agree with you, of like, why you, that shouldn't be happening. (laughs) Right. People can just egg you on. Yeah. It's so true. Uh Um, what about you? What does it look like for you to kind of be willful or, or notice that you're not accepting reality? It can look like that sometimes also for me, like venting angrily to any of my friends who will listen or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it can also sometimes for me look like shutting down and like not talking, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, which is something that I've noticed over time of like, 
when I'm really angry about something, um, particularly if it's in a situation where it's someone who I'm maybe not as close to, or it would be more challenging to say something, then it's just like, okay, like willfulness can look like just kind of sitting on your hands and not, not doing anything really. <laughs> mm, yep. Just totally shutting down. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Also not effective. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So step one, observe that you're fighting reality and that that is really keeping you stuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then step two is to remind yourself that even though it is miserable and maybe you hate it, it is the reality of situation, right? Reality is what it is. I can, I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it. And it is happening. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you're in a meeting with a boss who is disrespecting you, let's say, um, and you're noticing yourself feeling really angry or observing that struggle with reality of like, why are they treating me this way? I deserve better. I don't deserve this. Those types of thoughts. This is where you come in with your observe and describe skills, Um, right? Like I notice this person treating me in this way and I'm noticing feelings of anger coming up inside me. Yes, that is so much more accepting of reality than this this person shouldn't be acting like this, right? Because Mm -hmm. as we know, actually they should be based on everything that happened before it, Um, which I think leads us to number three, kind of reminding yourself to step three, which is reminding yourself that this, like every other moment was caused, right? And that... um, and that actually your boss's behavior, while potentially really upsetting and um, really difficult to deal with, actually does make sense given everything that led up to that moment. Mm-hmm. Oof, this is a tough one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Even as I'm saying it, I'm like, I don't know that I, I don't know that I successfully apply this too often, and would be much more effective if I could. Yeah. I mean, and it's a process, like we talked about last week, this is something that, you know, it's something that you can kind of keep returning to. Um, but I'm thinking about like, even with a breakup, the example that we talked about earlier, you know, I think a lot of the times it's really hard to accept that this was caused because sometimes in our minds, we come up with stories or plans or re- like life is supposed to go this way. And so if it didn't go this way, then that means something went wrong. And why did it go wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I think a really important point here, um, particularly with the breakup example and lots of examples, is that there's a difference between acknowledging that everything was caused and kind of going down a rumination spiral, as we like to call it in the biz, um, about, Mm -hmm. you know, well if only I hadn't said this or hadn't done this, or if only that person, you know, had done this instead. And suddenly you're like going down this rabbit hole of memories from the whole relationship and wondering what could have been different. And, you know, that's, that's not, I think that's very easy. Um, It's a very easy thing to happen when you're thinking about everything was caused and there's, there's a difference. It's kind of a subtle one, but it's actually really important. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see how thinking through like, why, how did this happen? You could really go down a a rabbit hole thinking about why did this happen? What were all the behaviors that I did that contributed to this Mm -hmm. beating yourself up, 
that kind of thing. Yeah. Instead, in the moment, you could be like, I wish this hadn't happened and it happened and it was caused by everything that came before it. Like that's a much simpler, I think, way to sort of accept the reality of that moment. Yeah. And accepting that, like, because everything that happened and you don't have to get into the details in your mind, but just knowing that everything that happened in that person's life let, mm. leading up to that moment and everything that happened in your life leading up to that moment led to this moment where let's say you had the breakup conversation and now you're sitting where you are now feeling the way that you are and it couldn't have gone any other way because of all of those factors there's something I don't know I think that can kind of free up some space inside of us to recognize like it's not like life had this plan and it was supposed to go a certain way and then it got derailed it's kind of more of like it couldn't have gone any other way of, than the way that it did. I think that's so freeing and a really helpful like reframe almost. I think it can, particularly in the example that we're talking about, probably take away a lot of the like self-blame and, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless some of that, obviously we've talked about situations where guilt and self-blame is, are justified. And um, if that's not the case, you know, I think, I think it can be, yeah, I think it can actually be really freeing to, to think about it in that way. Yeah, and to not, and to like release some of that attachment that we might have to what we believe in quotes, like life should be like, or the way that things should have turned out, mm. releasing some of that attachment and being able to accept that it is the way that it is in this moment yeah. um, is definitely very freeing. Yeah. So, and this is a very like physical process too. So this, which brings us to step four, (laughs) Um, that this is not a skill. This is not something that we can just do intellectually and think about in our minds. Um, It's really something that we have to kind of practice accepting with our whole body, mind, and soul, if you believe in that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, when I first learned this um, and I heard that, that you have to practice accepting with your whole body and mind, it seemed like a little woo woo for me. Like that's not really <laughs> how I tend to operate. And once I learned what it actually meant, which is that essentially it's your mind and your body are so connected that if you're not physically opening yourself up to the experience of acceptance, and you're kind of like tensing up and recoiling, then it's just a lot harder for your mind to get there because our my, our our minds are sort of a reflection of our bodies and vice versa. So that was a helpful way for me to think about it is that like, you know, those two things affect one another a lot. Yeah, we've talked about that. I can't remember what episode it was when we talked about, oh, probably our tip episode. We talked about the relationship and how your body communicates to your mind and so yeah when your muscles are all tensed up and tightened it communicates to your mind that there's something wrong and that you should be tensed about something exactly exactly so if we have like a more open and willing body posture which we're going to get to in in a little bit teaching you half smile and willing hands that can help communicate to your mind that you're open and willing to experience whatever is happening in this moment Yeah, exactly. So, okay, let's quickly review the steps so far and then move on. So step one of practicing radical acceptance is observe that you're fighting reality. Step two, remind yourself that even though you may not like it, reality is what it is. Three, remind yourself that everything was caused by every moment leading up to this one. Mm 
Step four, practice accepting with your whole body and mind. And then step five, our favorite scale, opposite action. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here's where it comes in. So practice opposite action by making a list of everything you would do if you had already accepted reality. I love this part of it. I think it's genius. Yeah, this is true opposite action because it's probably very hard to do this. Mm -hmm. um, like with that breakup example, I'm trying to think through like, what would that look like if you had accepted that even though I have, even though I imagined maybe spending my life with this person, mm -hmm. um, they just broke up with me. Yeah. So opposite action would look like, what do you think? You know, as, as invalidating as it might sound to say this, it might look like <laughs> stopping communicating with that person, you know, stop asking what went wrong, maybe unfollow them on social media, maybe leave your home and spend time with other people, whether that's, a, you know, a date with someone else or even just time spent with friends or family. Um, mm -hmm. All right, so I'm sure everyone who just went through a breakup is going to hear that and just immediately start doing all of those things, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. it's so, super easy. So easy. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's really difficult. And um, opposite action works, as we know, right? So it, it will make you feel better. It's an emotion regulation skill to do those things, to do the opposite of your urges, right? Which might be to call the person and all of that. However, even if you don't do any of those things, even if you don't go out on a date with someone else or leave your house, you know, if you're not there yet, like even opening up the space in your mind for thinking about doing those things can be helpful. Mm -hmm. It probably highlights to yourself, like what you are doing right now that might not be helping you, but might, mm. might be keeping you stuck when you think about the things that you, that are opposite, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is, which is useful. Cause then you, again, you can make a more conscious decision about whether you want to engage in those behaviors or not. Exactly. And it just kind of like reminds you that life doesn't, you know, life doesn't have to be as it is in that moment, right. That things can change and um, picturing a changed life can actually make you feel better. So the next step here is to cope ahead with events that seem unacceptable. So basically like try to think ahead and imagine yourself accepting what it is that you really, really don't want to accept. Um. Yeah, this is again, hard to do. And kind of the next step in that emotion regulation piece, kind of making yourself feel better and also ultimately like leading to meaningful change in your life, given that reality is as it is. And again, the goal here is to get unstuck. So not accepting reality keeps us stuck. This is a way to get unstuck. And if you think about it like that, maybe it can help it seem less like daunting or invalidating, you know, that, um, it's all about getting you to a different place, right? Not the person whose behaviors you're having difficulty accepting. It's this is for you. So if you can imagine yourself, you know, coping well with whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's 
going on a date with someone else in the breakup example, whether it's, you know, having a difficult conversation with your boss in a, um, in the, in that example, right. It, it, imagining that going well is just going to make space for you to ultimately feel better. Mm -hmm. And I imagine too, it will help with some of that rumination because you can kind of go into a situation with a plan mm -hmm. for how you're going to respond without just feeling like, okay, I'm having this relationship with my boss where they treat me terribly. And I just feel terrible every time I meet with them. It's like, okay, I'm going to actually cope ahead, come in with a plan and I can put that worry to the side because I know how I'm going to respond. Yeah. Great. I mean, and then I think the the last steps are, are kind of more general, just like throughout the process of radically accepting, being as mindful as possible, noticing whatever thoughts and emotions come up, not pushing them away, right? You know, it kind of reminds me of our conversation last week about how like part of the process of acceptance is maybe some grief mm -hmm. that things aren't the way that you wanted them to be. Um, and just kind of allowing space for that rather than trying to push it away is ultimately gonna help you get through whatever it is that you need to get through. Yeah, yeah, Feeling, allowing yourself to feel those primary emotions, like mm -hmm. the grief, sadness, pain, some of those more like underlying type emotions that we really tend to want to avoid is part of what helps this skill be effective and helps you get out of that struggle. Yeah. So as uncomfortable as it is, like kind of making space, um, a DBT supervisor I once had to talk to me about like breathing into your body and almost imagine it when you're breathing, almost imagine making space for the feeling that's showing up. Hmm. I love Which that. I really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's so, such a good way it, to practice radical acceptance. Yeah. And it kind of involves the body too, which I think is great. Cause like we've been talking about, it's not, it's not an intellectual skill. It's something that you do. Yes. With your mind and also with your body. And then lastly, just acknowledging that life can be worth living even when there is pain. So kind of no matter how painful the moment is acknowledging that there are still opportunities for joy, for love, um, mm -hmm. and just like little moments in life that can make life worth living, even when you're going through something really, really painful and difficult. And that hopefully one day, um, you know, you can make meaning out of whatever it is that you're going through, as we talked about last week. So kind of how to, how to take the pain that you've experienced and use it to kind of enrich your life. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is really like a rinse and repeat kind of process. This is an ongoing process, not something that just happens and then it's done. And so there's a skill called turning the mind that we like to think about um, when we're thinking about like, you're at this almost like a fork in the road. And there's a decision point where you can either fight reality, which might keep you stuck. Mm -hmm. Or if you go the other direction, you can turn the mind towards acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really like this skill because it is really a moment to moment skill. It's not like, as Molly said, okay, well, I, you know, went through this awful experience. Um, 
it was one of the most painful things I've ever gone through. And now I've accepted it. Now I've moved on, right? I mean, that's not, never how it goes. <laughs> um, particularly for the most painful situations in life, it is a constant process of, in this moment, I feel that I have accepted that this is the reality. And maybe in another moment, I will be back in a place of non-acceptance. And that's okay. It, it kind of reminds me of when we talked about mindfulness all those many months ago, and we talked about how mindfulness is the process of losing your attention a thousand times and bringing it back a thousand and one, right? So turning the mind is this like, in each moment, it's noticing, okay, I'm not, I'm fighting reality right now. I am not accepting that this, that this is what has happened. So let me now just kind of make the decision, take that fork in the road toward practicing acceptance so that I ultimately can get unstuck. Mm. Yes. So I like that too, because it's not, no matter where you are, no matter how wolf, willful you're being, or no matter how un, non-accepting you are, you always have an opportunity to turn the mind back towards acceptance. Right. It's never too late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can give some examples of times when we've turned the mind. I know I've had a lot lately, especially with COVID and like mm. basically waking up every day and feeling like it's Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yep. I wake up and I'm just like, is this really still happening? Like, and there's this like willfulness that comes up of like, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't want to like have the same day all over again. Like I miss my old life, you know? Uh -huh. um, and like, almost like throwing a little tantrum in my mind. And yeah. I think that's a good example of non-acceptance or willfulness. So, I mean, I love this example to explain turning the mind because, yeah, accepting the reality of the pandemic is something that all of us are having to do all day, every day, pretty much. And so turning the mind is, is a useful skill here. So I guess like what changes for you after you have turned the mind to accept that, yes, this is still happening. Yes, this is the reality. Like what, what changes versus like the kind of tantrum <laughs> that you were describing? <laughs> well, I feel like when I'm in that like tantrum state of mind, it's kind of like I'm going through the motions because I know I have to do the things that I need to do, but I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a bad mood. I'm extremely unmindful. I'm not noticing opportunities or moments of like that could be pleasant or positive because mm. I'm so focused on fighting reality and like wishing it were a different way than it is. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I feel like when I'm more, when I can turn the mind towards acceptance, there's like a softening that happens and it's almost mm. like I can make space for the feeling of like, yeah, maybe I wish it were different than it is. And I can also make space for like, oh, and my dog just came over to me and is being really cute. And I can light this candle that smells really good. And like yeah. it, it opens up some space for that stuff as well. Absolutely. So it kind of sounds like your behavior changes because when you have not yet turned the mind toward radical acceptance, you are lying in bed, you're <laughs> not getting up, not doing your what you need to do. And when you have turned the mind, even if it's just for a moment, you maybe start to get out of bed, you maybe start to play with your dog. And then maybe you go back to non-acceptance and that's okay. And then maybe you turn the mind back and you start to get dressed. You know, it's like, it, it really can be that micro of a process. 
Yeah. What you were describing, I think also sounds like a process of willingness, which um, I think we could talk about next. And it's a huge part of GPT. It's a huge part of, you know, accepting reality. Um, Let's, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's kind of talk about, let's kind of talk about what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I think willingness is best defined by like the opposite, which is um, will, willfulness. So there's on the one, on the one yeah. end there's willingness and on the other end of the spectrum, there's willfulness. Um, um, I'm, I'm laughing because I remember w- willfulness was another one. Was it, I think I talked about this with Dear Man where like when I came into DBT, everyone was talking about Dear Man and I thought I was supposed to know what that was. I think I felt the same way about willfulness, which is actually a word, okay, in the English language. And I didn't know what it meant. And I was so, <laughs> I was so confused why everyone just kept throwing around this word willfulness. So let's define it. Yeah, it was also a word that I was not super familiar with. And I think I've grown to understand what it means. And I think it has a little a lot of overlap with like stubbornness Mm. um, non-acceptance stubbornness like Mm -hmm. kind of insisting on um being in control at all times fixing every situation like really like fighting the fact that it is the way it is right now and trying to escape that by like yeah doing things to change the reality of the moment Mm -hmm. my example of (laughs) willfulness I can think of lots and the one that I'm thinking of is so literally what you're describing um (laughs) like thinking about being at a meeting where I am feeling impatient maybe I'm hungry maybe I you know have something important coming up next and someone is like talking really 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 slowly and Mm. I (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to accept that that's happening and it makes me yeah it's just like that's that's my willful state I think because I I really start to avoid the reality you know I maybe start to like zone out I start to think about what I'm going to eat for lunch I start to think about you know whatever I'm doing next rather than like okay reality is the way it is this person is talking at the pace that they are talking and if I could just be curious about it, right, and accept that this is happening, maybe I could get something out of the conversation that otherwise I'm missing because I'm avoiding it because I'm being so stubborn and impatient. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So it's kind of like you're almost blocking out probably the words that they're saying because you're so angry mm, and like yeah. that they're talking so slowly mm-hmm. that you... <laughs> that you that you actually miss what they're saying which again like similar to my example like prevents you from having any like potentially positive or pleasant experiences yeah exactly exactly what about you what does willfulness look like um sometimes procrastination I know I've talked about that before on this podcast but Mm. I noticed like a lot of willfulness for myself on the weekends when you know we're in a stage of our career right now where Sometimes we got to work on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and so, so, but then I'll have this thought of like, well, I shouldn't have to work on the weekends. Like weekends are supposed to be for 
fun for relaxation like yeah. I shouldn't have to do all of this work um and I think that that can sometimes lead me to either like force myself to do the work and really be dragging my feet while I'm doing it which then makes the work take like 10 times longer because I'm getting distracted every two seconds and I'm getting stuck in my ruminative thoughts of I shouldn't be having to do this mm-hmm. and it just makes it like a lot more painful process yeah that's such a good example of literally layering on suffering laying layering suffering on top of pain right it's painful enough to have to be doing this work it's increasing the suffering by sitting there thinking about how it shouldn't be this way feeling stuck yeah yeah or the other option is sometimes I just won't do it right (laughs) very last minute to do it right and then that'll probably make things worse in the long term yeah yeah Yeah. yeah so that's like so that's kind of willfulness basically like doing the opposite of what is effective um and not really being open to tolerating what the reality of the situation is in that moment yeah whereas willingness as we've alluded to is again being open to the experience just as it is without trying to change the moment without trying to escape the reality of the moment um again we don't have to like it we don't have to approve of it we just need to accept that it is happening and this is something that i think can be really can bring up a lot of uncomfortable feelings when we are willing it can almost be like an emotional exposure Mm. because there's a reason that we're sometimes being willful sometimes willfulness is an attempt to avoid emotions like let's say you're in a fight with somebody like in an argument with somebody and you're and you're telling them how wrong they are but really maybe like you're actually feeling kind of ashamed for something that you did. And then you start digging your heels in and saying like, well, you did this and you did that. Mm-hmm. You know? If you were to switch over to willingness in that moment, that would be really uncomfortable because you might have to recognize like, oh, I'm actually noticing a lot of feelings of shame that are showing up inside me. Yeah. Um, being willing to apologize brings up sometimes feelings of shame or embarrassment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And I think as we've talked about so many times, there's so much value in experiencing whatever emotion you're experiencing, noticing it, and then moving on from there rather than avoiding it, which is going to make things worse in the long term and just make it come back even stronger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it can help you act a lot more effectively, even though it, it can be uncomfortable. Yeah. I find it really helpful when I'm trying to practice willingness, I find it really helpful to connect with my values or like to try to remember what's important to me. Like, why am I being willing to experience these emotions? Hmm. Like it's like, sometimes I think it's harder when you feel like you're kind of doing it. You have to know why you're doing it. Right. So like, let's say I have to clean my house, but I'm feeling willful about having to clean my house. It can be helpful for me to remember, okay, I have a value of like, having order cleanliness Hmm. living in a serene kind of living environment and I love that it's almost like a way of yeah it's like it it is like that stubborn getting around that stubbornness piece that you were talking about like okay a way that I'm just going to kind of make myself do it is by remembering why I why it's important to me to do this in the first place you know I actually was thinking um It was just about to be the long weekend last week and I 
something was unresolved. Like it was Wednesday evening, you know, everyone was signing off for the long weekend and I had something that had gone unresolved and I called Molly and I said, you know, I don't know what to do. Like now this thing is unresolved. Now I have to wait until Monday. I'm just going to be upset about it the whole long weekend. Like, what am I supposed to do? And the advice that you gave me, Molly, was basically to practice willingness. And it was so helpful because what you said was basically like, okay, you're anticipating that the long weekend is going to be really hard because of this thing that has gone unresolved. And you don't know that the weekend is going to be hard. You have no idea how it's going to be. It hasn't happened yet. So try to be open to experience whatever it is and just be as mindful as possible. And it was so unbelievably helpful. And I ended up having a great long weekend because of it, because I just sort of took the moments as they came, allowed myself to be surprised by what happened, you know, by anything that happened, whether it was like the smell of the, the food I was baking or whatever it was. And I just kind of allowed myself to like be open to each moment rather than not accepting reality, you know, wishing that this thing hadn't gone unresolved. It was unbelievably helpful. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to hear that that was so helpful for you. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought that up too. Cause I think it highlights that like willfulness sometimes can overlap with like dread about the future. <laughs> and yep. like, those like future oriented thoughts of like, this is going to suck. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this is going to be really hard. Um, I don't want to do this thing. Like those future oriented thoughts. And like we just talked about, it can be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. Cause when we get stuck in our heads like that, it can make it hard to see the good things or the joy or be surprised by things or be curious about things. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, taking each moment by as it comes is a great way to practice willingness been talking a lot about sort of how to do this with our minds and our thoughts and now maybe we could jump for the last few minutes to talking about how to do this in our bodies um, as we mentioned earlier um, there are these skills called half smiling and willing hands which is kind of how we practice radical acceptance with our body mind and soul um, so basically it's how to accept whatever the moment is um, using your body. So let's talk about half smile first. What What is half smile? So half smile, I'll just throw it out there before we do it. Feels kind of awkward. It can feel kind of awkward to do yes, it. Yes, it can. Um, but basically it's, it, it, yeah, um, it's a face, a facial expression that you're gonna make with just a very, very relaxed face with slightly upturned lips. Hmm. So to practice it, you basically relax your whole face. Like think about relaxing your whole face from the top of your head all the way down to your chin and your jaw, keeping your teeth slightly apart if you can. And if you like feel like you can't do that, just try tensing all of your facial muscles up really tight and then let them all go. And that will help it, your face kind of relax more naturally. Then let both of the corners of your lips go slightly up just so that you can feel them, but this shouldn't be visible to other people. So it shouldn't look like you're actually smiling. It's just like the corners of your lips slightly upturned. 
almost like a pleasant, like at peace kind of a. <laughs> it <laughs> no. is very peaceful. I've just been doing it along with you as you've been describing it. And I feel a little bit more relaxed than I did a moment ago. Yeah, when we were preparing for the episode, I was, I noticed myself like doing, it's kind of like when someone's like, when you're taking a picture of somebody and you're like, say cheese, and then you're smiling as you're taking the picture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as I was preparing for the episode, I was adopting a serene facial expression and I noticed my feelings change as I was doing it. You know, it's almost like the physical manifestation of opposite action where by kind of forcing yourself to smile just a little bit, it makes you feel a little calmer and happier and not in an invalidating way. Again, this isn't like, or it's not meant to be <laughs> invalidating. Um, you know, it's not, well, just get over it, right? It's no, in order to accept that it is what it is, in order to get yourself unstuck, just kind of adopt a little bit of a serene body and face and that might actually make you feel a little bit calmer about whatever is going on yeah let your body help you out with these skills you don't mm -hmm. have to do all the work your body can help you if you just put it in the right position yeah so let's talk about willing hands and then we'll put them together um so we just went through half smiling willing hands is just very simple just holding your hands open with your palms faced upward and you can, if you're sitting down, you can just place your hands on your lap or your thighs and just with your hands unclenched, turn your hands outward with the palms and fingers relaxed. Yeah, I felt similarly about this one, thinking it was too sort of out there for me because it was like something I'd seen a lot of stereotypical meditators do and I wasn't very into meditation at the time and you know I wasn't exactly sure like why everyone did that and now I get it because I think it um it's very simple you know it again it can be something you do that other people don't have to see particularly now that we live our lives many of us live our lives on zoom um you know you can just kind of open your body and say like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm willing to, to take this moment as it comes. And again, as Molly said, it's a way of getting your body to do the work for you so that it can just sort of open you up physically to new experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These, like you said, with the tip skills, these are skills you can bring on the road with you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do them anywhere, you know, yeah. especially even with the half smile, no one needs to know that you're doing that. It's a very subtle facial expression. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's go through an exercise now so we can give you all the experience of accepting something with your whole like body and your mind. Okay. And so as we go through this exercise, I would like you to think about a person that you feel kind of angry with or somebody that has been causing you some stress or chaos in your life. Some and their behavior that you've been struggling to accept. Just kind of bring that to mind. And now sit quietly, breathe, and just start to put your face in that body, in that posture of the half smile. So relaxed face, and then the corners of the lips slightly upturned. And hold your hands open with your palms face up, resting on your lap.
And now that you're practicing willing hands and half smile, imagine the image of the person who you dislike or the person that you're angry with. Just kind of bring that image to mind. And now imagine the things about that person that you dislike the most or that you find the most repulsive, the things that really you would like to change about this person or their behavior. Now try to imagine what might be causing some suffering in this person's daily life. If we think about the fact that everything's caused, what might be causing them to act in the ways that they do? Try to see what thought processes and what types of reasons they're following in their mind. And doing all of this with a sense of curiosity and without judgment to the best of your abilities. And now acknowledging that you would like reality to be different than it is. And that reality is as it is in this moment that both of those things are true at the same time. And as you breathe, just adopt an attitude of openness, allowing yourself to sit with whatever this process brings up inside you. And if you notice non-acceptance or willfulness arising, which it may, just notice that and gently turn your mind back to accepting reality as it is in this moment. And as you open your eyes and kind of come back into the room, just remember that you can continue to turn your mind back to acceptance as many times as you need throughout the day, even when this exercise is over when this podcast episode is over and for the rest of your day. Okay. Mm. Wow. Thank you. That was really needed. And I love doing it as an exercise. Um, you know, putting all of these skills together, because I do think it can be a lot of these skills can be sort of abstract. And so thinking about okay, really, what does it look like when I open my body to this experience of just accepting this one moment, being very mindful in this moment, doing it as a mindfulness exercise, because that's ultimately what this is. Um, oh, it's just so useful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Let's end the episode here. Um, we hope that you you know, that you got a lot out of this reality acceptance part of the distress to tolerance set of skills. We somehow have now finished teaching all of the skills that we are going to teach. Oh my goodness. That's so crazy. It's so crazy. I can't believe it. Um, so we will see you next week for a wrap up of season one. And we... 
we look forward to tying it all together. So until next week, stay skillful, everyone. Mm -hmm.